You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. Today we are interviewing the beautiful and amazing Glennis Becerra, who goes by Gemma. And I have known you for 20 years. I think we were just figuring out and doing the math. And it's been two decades now that we have had such a wonderful friendship and a beautiful camaraderie in the sharing of a passion that we both had separately. And today we're going to interview you about the passion that you have brought to this world, the gifts that are yours that you have brought to this world. So Gemma, tell everybody hello. <laughs> so I can hear a beautiful voice. Hi, everybody. Hi, Karen. It's so good to be with you and so good to see you. So good. And, and while everybody else will just be hearing the audio, we get to be together. We get to see each other. And so this is really a joy. Well, I met you, Gemma. 20 years ago, when I was fascinated by essential oils, and when I was looking for a resource of oils that was direct and that was not MLM, that had the same passion for altruism that I have as a massage therapist, as somebody who was using the emotional benefits of the essential oils with my clients who were suffering from grief from heartache, whether that was from a divorce or the death of a loved one, the loss of a job, chronic illness, there's so many reasons and ways we can experience grief. And so I was looking for somebody who had a business, who had a tender heart and who understood and has compassion and empathy for the deep grief, as well as a knowledge and an understanding for what the oils can do for emotional well-being. And so we're going to, we're going to go on a journey today, Gemma, and we're going to just start out with where you were born and the story that led you to be where you are today with a flourishing oil company called Fieras Aromatics. And that is a direct sale company. And I've just, I've loved your oils forever. I've white labeled them under my own sense of peace label, use them forever with my clients. But let's go back in time and let's go back to your birthplace and your background and your history, because I think that the story of your life is such a beautiful story and can create a picture in all of our minds for why you are the passionate, loving, creative woman that you are today. Sure. That sounds great, Karen. Let's have a chat. Okay. So tell us where it all began. Where did you begin? Well, where I began is um, at the bottom of the Great Barrier Reef on the east coast of Queensland in a town called Townsville. I was born there in 1967. Um, both of my parents were school teachers. <clears throat> they were both, both of them were children of pastors. And uh, when I turned to both of my parents felt called to become missionaries, and so a week after I turned two, we hopped on a plane and flew to Papua New Guinea and my parents became missionaries. And uh, I remember my mom telling me the first thing I wanted to be was uh, an air, airplane pilot. 
I thought you were going to say a missionary. (laughs) I think I, I think it changed my mind because, because I couldn't go downstairs and play while we were on the plane. So um, (laughs) anyway, we ended up in the jungle and uh, I was raised in the jungle for about six years and it was just a wonderful experience. And it, it you live in a hut. What did you, where did you live in the jungle? There was a, a mission station about 80 miles inland from the, um, from the, from the beach, from a place called Weewak. And so on the station, there was no fences and all the different um, missionaries that were there in their own houses that were proper built houses. Um, <clears throat> they all, they were all aunties and uncles. And so I just grew up with this huge family that, uh, you know, they were all aunties and uncles and, and they still are today. That's so wonderful. Did you have siblings? I had one little sister and um, she was born in the jungle and she contracted um, uh, epilepsy. She got a, a tropical fever when she was about two years old and she got it twice. Anyway, it left scarring on her brain and it, uh-huh. and it, um, and I, they think that, she was perhaps given the wrong medication. It was a third, third world country and it left scarring on her brain. And, and so she's been a grand mal epileptic all her life. And the other, the other thing that, <clears throat> that was difficult for me was my dad suffered from terrible migraine headaches that would debilitate him for days. He would be dry heaving and laying in the dark and trying to recover. And I would go and lay beside him. And so I, from an early age, I wanted to be able to help my dad and help my sister and um, them being missionaries and me, me growing up in that environment. I, I prayed a lot. I prayed a lot. And I used to feel helpless. Anyway, we went back to Australia um, in time for me to start grade three. I was a year young for my grade and I finished, finished through grade 12 at a seaside town in Australia. And then um, I went to university to study music. And um, my my mom and dad wanted me to be a teacher, so I was going to teach music. But I decided that I didn't I didn't want to teach. I didn't like it. I wanted to do something else. Now, because my dad had had headaches, his brother had had migraines as well, and they found some relief through acupuncture and chiropractic, and that led me towards natural healing at that stage in my life. And and um, so from probably around the age of 13, I was involved with chiropractors more than I was involved with, with regular um, doctors. And I started to see that that was my path. I, I liked the medicines that they used. Some of them were really great. They'd studied in China and they used Chinese herbal medicines and put together these concoctions. And I would wanted to be a doctor at some point and a brain surgeon at another point. And, and, and it just started to evolve into I wanted to I wanted to help people heal. I wanted to help my dad first and my sister. And you know, I would spend four hours a day praying about it sometimes. But anyway, as I as I got older, um, you know, I I had some difficulties in my relationships and I ended up moving to America with my first two children and I got married to my my Mormon missionary in the Salt Lake Temple in November 1996, a week after I I moved here to the States. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I saw my first snow that week too. 
Oh my goodness. This is so amazing to hear these beautiful details of your life. And I'm amazed that in 20 years, I haven't asked you all of these questions before this, because this is such a beautiful, fascinating experience where God placed you on the planet in Australia and growing up. So your parents were on that mission for a number of years until you hit grade three, you were in New Guinea. Yeah. 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 And uh, I remember leaving Papua New Guinea. I remember looking out of the little plane because, you know, it's very mountainous and it's jungle. And uh, up there, my mum used to have a first aid post on the front porch every day. And the kids from the jungle would come or people from the jungle would come. If you if you got an infection there, if you got a little tiny scratch, you had to take care of it or could turn septic overnight and you could lose your your life. And so um, it was very important, basic first aid. And, and she just, she had that as a service. And so I, and I got in trouble, you know, because I, I remember catching a wasp in a bottle and leaving it under the stairs and then someone got bitten by it while she was doing the first aid concert. I was a bit of a brat. <laughs> it was, it was fun. And, and now I know how to heal wasp bites. So I'm making amends for it, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, Gemma, this is wonderful. Um, You know, as I have known you through the years, I've always known you to be a prayerful woman and I've always known your healer's heart and it brings tears to my eyes because now I get to hear the backstory. I think finding and understanding the backstory of people's lives and why they become so passionate about their cause is so wonderful. And I just, I just thank you so much for sharing about your sister and your father's migraines and, and wanting to be the Lord's servant with your healing gifts. Yeah. I remember praying at one point for my sister and just feeling like I received an answer that um, my sister could be healed, um, but it was up to her to receive that, that healing. And uh, in the dream, in this dream I had, it was like, I was given a brown paper bag, paper package, and and it was left sitting there for my sister to pick up when she was ready. And I decided that I would go and look for as many cures as I could on things that would help her. So I, I studied psychology, uh, which is you know relevant to to epilepsy, and I I started to collect cures for migraines for my dad. By the time I left Australia, I had figured out how to help him reduce those those migraines and you know today I but actually going back to when I first arrived in America it was my first week my first week in the states that I was introduced to essential oils and I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up well this is so exciting and we are going to pause for a station break on that cliffhanger <laughs> because I'm so excited to hear what you wanted to be when you grew up. And I know that you are being it. We are so excited to have you with us here today, Glennis. We're Joy Coaching America.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. We're back with Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant with the honor and the privilege of interviewing one of my dear, precious friends. This is Gemma Becerra. And Gemma, you have just shared with us how you you were born in Australia. Your parents went on a mission to New Guinea. You stayed there and you grew up in New Guinea until the third grade and then came back to Australia. And I think that it's very interesting to note that during the break, you were sharing, uh, you know, I, I believe that we're all blessed with a soul issue, something to figure out from our childhoods, something that originates in our childhoods and that we don't need to be ashamed and we don't need to be embarrassed about that. We need to show great mercy and great compassion on ourselves as we work through the emotional issue or concern that predominated, uh, that kind of grew up uh, with us and then began to act itself out. And so I just would love to have you share. And you said that you were willing, this is a tender topic, but the topic of, of your soul issue, your life crisis that has put you into a place of compassion and empathy and mercy and love for others who go through similar things. So share with us. Sure. So for me, it's, it's, um, it's my, my biggest issue that I've had to face in life is centered around boys. (laughs) (laughs) Boys to men, right? (laughs) People ask me, how did you, how did you come to be in the desert of Arizona? And I'm like, wow. I was chasing boys and it didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) So where that came from, uh, when I was in Australia, no, when I was growing up and at that marrying age, I found myself attracted to men that, that weren't really good for me. And it took me a while to figure out what that was. And finally it came back to the fact that when I was small, I had to cross cultures. So when I went to Papua New Guinea, I was, I was a first contact child with some of the tribes there. They'd never seen a white child before. And I remember going into the villages with my dad and all these dark skinned people that were so beautiful. They just, they just crowded around me really fast and and wanted to touch my hair because my hair was different than theirs. and, And they wanted to touch my skin and they treated me like a little goddess. And I wanted to touch theirs too, because it was so interesting. It was dark and the hair was curly. And I just, At first I was scared, but then I was just fascinated and I I fell in love with them. Mm. And coming back to Australia, I experienced culture shock again. I was shocked because of how rude people were and the the terrible language that was used at school and things that that I just didn't understand and it it hurt. And and then having had, had that missionary upbringing around me, you know, it seemed like I decided I needed to go and be a missionary to all these different guys that were from different cultures and so I was attracted to men from different cultures with dark colored skin or 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 just from different cultures so either way it was always putting myself into trauma and and then finding the love and then 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 having to leave again 
And so it was like repeating that pattern. And so that's been the pattern that I've had to had to work with and, and overcome. And it's only been, you know, this going through COVID last year, you know, and having that time to really sit still, I really was really able to, to think things through. And then uh, earlier this year, I, I went on a drive over to Arkansas and I met my first hillbilly. <laughs> and it shocked me. And I recognized culture shock. And I love this little hillbilly family. They're genuine and beautiful. But I, I was able to recognize my pattern just from that little experience. And it was such an eye opener for me and so healing. And uh, it, just, it just made a whole big difference for me to see where my pattern, where my pattern is. And then getting back to aromatherapy, you know, I, I met the essential oils the first week I was in America. So that was in November of 1996. And my mother-in-law-to-be at the time introduced me to her essential oils. And uh, I fell in love with them and I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wanted to work with oils. I just knew that that was going to be my medium. And at the time, I'm, I remember praying and having this interaction can direct conscious contact with my creator and feeling that you know I had been given a gift to heal others and a gift to heal myself and that oils was going to be the medium through which I could safely use that gift and as I I went on you know I had two children already and then I moved to Payson Utah and bought a home and we had another baby and then I had two more and over that period of years, you know, I realized that my, my desire was to support women staying at home with their families and still being able to, to help financially. Uh, you know, I just didn't feel like it was right for women to have to leave home and go to work and not be there for their children. It made my heart cry. And, and so, you know, before I even left Australia, I remember praying and asking God, like, if I do this, if I go to America, what will, will you help me? And I felt like I was told everything that you give up will be replaced with something better. And I was given this beautiful opportunity to work from home. And at one point I was offered, you know, big money and fame and all that kind of stuff. I used to teach classes where I'd have, you know, between 100 and 400 people turn up to to learn about the oils and then people wanted to start flying me all over the country we didn't have zoom back then and i remember i remember i got pneumonia because i i couldn't handle being away from my children emotionally it was just too much for me and i decided i would put my career on hold because i wanted to be there for my children and so i have never advertised i decided i wanted to just do it by word of mouth and just trust that the customers who are meant to be with me would come to me and ah, I have received the most beautiful customers, people like yourself and people who are midwives, people who are, you know, working in the alternative healthcare field who love people and have so much integrity and are such beautiful healers. And I've learned to teach aromatherapy as a support system. It's a support system for my family. It's a support system for natural healing. It's a support system for just enhancing and healing whatever it is that's, that's hurting in our lives. And the essential oils are so good for that. They just 
my my oldest son one day he uh, was practicing martial arts and he lost his temper and he was holding a, a knife and he didn't <clears throat> didn't do what he was told he dropped his guard when he did a, a roundhouse kick and he stabbed himself in the leg hit an artery and he was spurting blood mm-hmm. and I put helichrysum metallicum on it at the time and told him you can't be angry or this won't seal because helichrysum metallicum would help to seal the wound and uh, I told him we'll have to go to the emergency room if you can't keep your anger down because the anger was making his blood pressure burst the wound open mm-hmm. and so when he calmed himself down the wound sealed and then he got mad again because he because he he couldn't believe he did that to himself. And the blood spurted across the room again. And I told him, this is it. You either calm down right now so we can use the oil and, and seal the wound or we go to the emergency room and get stitches. And so he just breathed deep and calmed himself down and let the work, the work be done by the oil. And then he said, mom, he said, the oils are like little doctors in bottles. And I said, yeah, they are harm, but you have to be able to like connect with them and listen to what they have to say. And that's the only way that they can work is if, if you work with them. And so we went from there. That is incredible, beautiful story. The mother that you have been to your children for them to grow up around a mother whose heart is such a vessel of love and altruism and healing inspiration and, and being able to hear the voice, hear the voice in the bottle and know the intention of the oil to use the the cognizant curriculum of science coupled with inspiration. I remember Dr. Stewart said that you can't use essential oils only on an educated scientific level. You also need to use the gifts of intuition. That is how they work best. And also to be a recipient as you so wonderfully shared about your son being a recipient of the oils and their gifts. I'm so grateful to be able to be interviewing you today, Glennis. This is a beautiful interview and we'll be right back with more Joy Coaching America by Jenna Gemma Becerra. We'll be right back after this message. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace. One happy listener at a time. We're back, Joy Coaching America. Today, we have a special guest. You're going to love her beautiful Australian accent that might have a little bit of New Guinea in it too, right, Glennis? This is wonderful. And I I typically have called you Glennis for so many years. Many people know you as Gemma. You are a gem. And so that is a beautiful title and name for you as well. Today, as we keep going on in this discussion, I would love to ask you about 
your intention with the oils and how did you find sources? Because you were there before doTERRA, you were, you were using oils before some of the uh, big oil companies came along. You were there before some of the multiplicity of small companies came along and you were doing this word of mouth and just in a beautiful way, I found you. We'll talk about that and how we came together uh, and how I discovered you. It was a beautiful divinely intervention, I feel, but outsourcing oils and your intention, the purity of your heart has been such a major thing for me in finding a source of oils that I could love, that I could put my label with my titles on the intentions of the oils that we very much shared in common, these intentions. So outsourcing, how did you find, this goes back years before some of these other big companies and other smaller companies. Yeah, it does. I've been around a long time and I've been doing this a long time. And for me, you know, when I made the decision that I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up and I was going to work with the oils, uh, it was supported by the universe, you know, and I was brought a lot of connections um, naturally. They, they came to me naturally with distillers, with um, essential oil um, growers with chemists with people that had worked with essential oils all their lives a lot of those have passed away now and um they passed on their knowledge to me they they taught me they they worked with me and they were wonderful and i missed them you know i missed them i bet uh, you i i don't i sometimes i'm i'm sad about how how money driven the whole aromatherapy industry has become because for me it's always been about um, pure oils and taking care of my family and then being available to be of service to help other women to do the same thing and uh, for me there's, there's no competition you know with any other company or anything like that there never has been it's it's about the integrity of the oils and it's about um, you know, taking care of the oils and the oils taking care of my family. So it's a mutual agreement. And um, I, I made connections a long time ago with what I consider to be some of the best distillers in the world, um, in Nepal, in India, in Australia, in Morocco, in England, and... Um, making those, those developing those personal one-on-one -on -one relationships with those people, um, bringing in the oils direct in Turkey. Um, you know, I remember bringing in big shipments of oils early in, in the days, back when things were still fairly affordable. And before aromatherapy became a big industry, the prices were a lot, a lot better. And we were able to, you know, import a lot more easily. And then, noticing over the years how things separated and making a choice that no matter how expensive it is, I'll stick with the good quality oils. And so, you know, comparing apples to apples, um, it gets old sometimes, but for me, it's, it's always about having the best quality of oil. And sometimes the smaller distillers, they don't, they can't sell to the big commercial companies because they only produce a small amount of oil each year and 
Um, I don't advertise. I I work with people that, and I attract the kind of customers that want quality and purity rather than than um, volume. Right. Well, you know, you said something that reminded me of something in my course of study of aromatherapy and, and anciently the oils were given to the priests in the temples. They were a gift. They were used to cleanse the instruments in the temple. Cassia was used to cleanse the gifts, cinnamon, antiviral. Um, and then at the understanding of the medical uses of oils uh, came up to pass. These were now translated into medicinals and then were used by the doctors and the physicians of the day. The third group of people that were gifted with the benefits of essential oils were the traders and the merchants. And I think sometimes uh, it's gone a little bit backwards. It's gone to those who've been looking for something to merchandise and something to barter with before it's been understood for its spiritual implications, for the oil's emotional gifts. And I remember reading as well that when an Indian uh, receives a fish, he praises the creator for that fish before he partakes and eats it. When he stands on grass, he thanks the creator for the creation of that botanical beneath his feet. And sometimes I think that that we have become careless in our reverence for the spiritual and the amazingly ancient gratitude that peoples of all cultures felt for these oils. You can imagine uh, during the dark ages when aromatherapy was outlawed by Constantine and that these great, 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 great grandmothers still practiced very quietly and underground uh, using aromatherapy for their children and to help heal their families and, and didn't broadcast it because you would, could be put to death and, but very quietly. And I think that some of that, some of that ended up in our DNA, that just this reverence and this beautiful, sacred aptitude and attitude towards the oils, and then finding those of like heart, kindred spirits who value in the same way, the nurturing that these oils can do and the beautiful gifts that they have to offer to help us in physical ways, in emotional ways, in spiritually uplifting ways, and in ways that bless our minds and our mentality, our mental health. And so, you know, I'd love to do another show with you where we go into the, the physical and the spiritual and the emotional and the mental, because these oils were the only things that ancient peoples had to work with. They did not have pharmaceuticals. And so they had to go. And how did they, who wrote the first book, you know, who wrote the book on what to use for a migraine back in, you know, 420 BC, uh, these people had to pray. They had to use intuition and inspiration and, and be divinely guided as to what to do to bless their families. I, I love studying the ancientness of the oils. And it was through divine intervention that I came to find you, Gemma, that I was introduced to you and that 
that we began to work together, my passion was for the emotional clearing aspects of the oils and what the oils could do to interrupt negative cyclical thought patterns and to uh, cross the blood brain barrier and to elevate mood and to inspire loftier thoughts when one, when a person is grieving. And I just found it fascinating that you were majoring in music. I don't know that I ever knew that or that you ever shared that with me, but I would love to hear what you were doing with music and what you were, what was it voice? What was your gift in music? What is your gift in music? Oh, well, I played piano and I sang, I trained choirs. I, I was, I had actually uh, qualified for a full seven year scholarship to study the Kodai method in Hungary. And I decided to chase a boy instead. (laughs) God save my soul, right? (laughs) No wonder we had so much in common. I was promised a I was promised a career in opera by a guy who'd been trained by a famous um, opera singer over in Vienna, and I just wasn't mature enough to handle it at the time. So I uh, I let go of that career. Oh my goodness! You know, there will be things we'll do in the hereafter that we didn't get to accomplish here. But you know what? You have done a beautiful job in spreading the love of aromatherapy in a very beautiful way. We'll be right back. Joy Coaching America with Gemma Becerra. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. I am loving this show, and we're back with Joy Coaching America with Gemma Becerra, my guest for today. And Gemma, you're sharing the most beautiful, pure heart in your passion and your love of, of using the oils for your family and your children that when they were little, now your daughter growing up and knowing the oils and your son having experienced his helichrysum adventure when he stabbed himself accidentally in the leg doing a karate move or whatever. And And, but I, I love stories. I love stories. I have a podcast on Sundays called the stories she sings. And I love these Saturday radio shows because I get to find out other people's stories. And so I would love for you to share any story that you would like to share about how the oils blessed or helped somebody that you were working with. So please feel free to share with us now. Sure. Uh, Okay. So there is one little story that I love. Uh, It's when I first brought in um, rose oil. And, you know, we call it Rose Otto because it comes from the Ottoman Empire. And I brought it in from Turkey. And I was so excited when I got it. And I always like to tithe the oils, you know, so I'll, I'll put aside a certain amount and give that away rather than charge for it. Anyway, so 
<clears throat> one of the, the beautiful families in our ward, he was a retired bishop and she was my visiting teacher. And that's, this is just a, a story from my personal life. Uh, anyway, um, Carol and her husband, they just had been in love forever. And he had a heart attack and he was in intensive care at the hospital and Carol went to be with him and he passed away. And she was so heartbroken that she started to have a heart attack too. She started to get heart trouble. The bishop was taking care of them and he hurried up. I don't know why, I can only say it's intuition. He hurried up and arrived on my doorstep. And when he knocked on the door, I opened the door and he told me what was going on and asked if I had something that could help. And so I gave him a bottle of rose oil <clears throat> and suggested that he put it over Carol's heart to help her with the grief of losing her husband. And so he did that. He took the oil and he took it to the hospital and he had her put it over her heart. <clears throat> and three days later, uh, she was at her husband's funeral service and um, I remember I went to the viewing and um, went through and her son caught me at the end and he came over and I'd never met him before. He just, he gave me a huge hug, a big bear hug. And he said, thank you for saving my mom's life. He said, I saw what that rose oil did. He said, without it, she wouldn't be here either. He said, and we needed her. We couldn't afford to lose her. And so she used that rose oil and put it over her heart and it helped her process the grief. The thing that was interesting to me is that afterwards she, she couldn't bear to be around me for a while and she couldn't bear the smell of rose oil. And I learned um, an important lesson. You know, sometimes when we do use oils or we're doing work to support people getting through grief, then afterwards we'll be part of the thing that they associate with the grief or they might not like to talk to us and they might not want to have something to do with that oil for a while. The smell might just turn them off and that's okay because it's done its job. It's, it's done its job to support them in healing. Well, that's an incredible story. And I, I do believe that I do believe that we can associate with a, a memory an emotion and a scent. And there's many stories that I could share on that using your oils with clients as a massage therapist. Uh, when I was going through deep, deep grief after the divorce uh, that I experienced, I was praying very diligently for a way to get through the grief. I didn't want to use pharmaceuticals. I was I, I was praying that God could use my natural God-given talents. And so that's when I began uh, writing a new style of song. And that song was for mending broken hearts. And I had a very strong dream. And this is right prior to meeting you. Um, and in that dream, there were three darling women that were ministering to me. They were uh, anointing my head and over my heart with oils and they were chattering among themselves and they were they were saying that i they were saying that i did not understand that to god he sees the hidden wounds of the heart and the mind and that to him the hidden wounds of the heart and the mind are every bit 
as important as the hit, as the physical wounds that we can sustain with a break of a leg or the break of an arm. And I, so I was learning in this dream and then I was gifted to know that one day I would write songs that would be coupled with essential oils that would have the same names. And I was told the names of the blends, sense of peace, um, childlike faith, pure love, sweet surrender, sorrow into song, divine essence, uh, little child, uh, beautiful crown of blessings, song of the heart, and that I would be able to find somebody who would be able to create blends or who might already have blends with the intentions that I needed to go with songs that I would write. And so I came out of that experience of deep, deep grief with a new excitement to create something from that grief, which could help to solace and comfort other people through their times of heartache and sadness. And originally I wanted, I, I called it mending hearts with healing arts. I didn't call it healing because I knew I couldn't promise that, but I could advocate for mending a broken heart with the five senses through the sense of touch, through the sense of smell, through the sense of hearing, and even visualizations that could come to our minds that could imprint new experiences with being and feeling loved when that rose oil was bringing back a feeling of grief and heartache because a husband had passed. And so I found you and I don't remember how I found you. I don't know I don't remember who made that introduction. You might have to tell me. I don't remember, but I just remember that the minute that I found you and told you the names of my songs and the blends that you would, you would say, oh, I have a blend for that. I know exactly which blend mm -hmm. to use for flaming sword, for ministering to a child who has experienced abuse. Uh, oh, I have an oil for that, for the healer's touch. And um, so my method became known as the healer's touch and you were the woman behind the scenes that was blending the beautiful blends and putting the labels on my oils. Uh, you were the one that had the vision to create blends for each intention that my heart had in song. And so I called this musical and aromatherapy duets. It became known as the song and scent method for transitioning gracefully through grief back into love, joy, and peace. And I, I think about our friendship that has lasted through the years. When women can come together, you bring your gift, I'll bring my gift, we'll combine our gifts and let's create a synergy and a dynamic that can go and bless and mend hearts that the hearts of those that you know and that you your life is touching the hearts of women and men and children that I know who my life is touching and it's just been such a beautiful blend and a synergistic dynamic between your life's experiences and my life's experiences which have been very similar we both had that happily ever after desire to find our prince charming and to have that one husband to love and to have and to hold. And we went on a few adventures uh, in the process in both of our lives. So as we 
wind the show up. I would just love to thank you and celebrate your gifts and edify you for the purity of your heart in finding and, and keeping those relationships alive with people across continents, across the ocean. And if there's anything else that you would like to share about that journey, please feel free to, to do so. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's one thing I think that's really important to say is, you know, for me, it's important where the oils come from all the way through to who, who uses them at the end and keeping that energy line pure and clear. And as I go along, the further I go along, you know, I like to, um, to go back to the original places where the oils come from and make, make that connection again as a place where we're supporting women who want to stay home and take care of their families. And, and we've done that, you know, we've done that. And um, I'm looking forward to doing a lot more of that work in the future once I settle down in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that for me is, you know, remembering that while we are living on Mother Earth's robes, you know, it's good for us to treat her with care and respect and love. And when we do, then she blesses us with abundance. And so, you know, remember to go outside barefoot. Remember to lay down on the earth when you're sick or you're having a hard time. If nothing else works, then just lay down on the earth and allow her to take that load from you. Allow her to help you to process that. Enjoy the gifts that she has to offer and treat them with love and respect. And it will come back around and it will be a blessing to you and your family um no matter which way you do it that always works and i think just to have pure motives to to help each other heal to support each other through the way the world is and um you know love in in action it's what it boils down to love and gratitude thanks i i celebrate the things that you've said the things that you've shared It's all beautiful. And I know that we're planning on doing another show on things that we can do to help relieve headaches, things we can do for our, um, our woman issues and, and endocrine systems. And so there's so much more that we can share. Thank you, Gemma, for joining me today in part one of Sense of Peace and Gemma Becerra, Carolyn Grant, Joy Coaching America. Thank you. Thank you.